You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Welcome to the geekiest show ever. You know, Kevin, I'm uh, actually on the road at the moment recording episode 63, and uh, I'm stuck in traffic. So uh, if anyone sort of hears me go, why, you bloody friggin' idiot, you'll know what's <laughs> happened. Someone's cut off Gretel as she's driving, and, uh, you know, it's going to be entertaining. Hopefully the, the Skype connection will hold up while uh, we navigate this traffic through Sydney all the way home. Yeah, Mark, uh, that is kind of tough, and uh, God bless Gretel for being such a good driver and being patient with you and letting you do this. And and guess what? I've got the kids in the car as well. They're sitting in the back, and they've been given strict instructions. Be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, forgive me, listeners, if uh, you sort of hear any any horn beeps or uh, or noises from the road or even kids being silly we'll we'll try and keep it as quiet as possible but we just couldn't miss this opportunity to to get the show done and get it recorded and uh, we're both fairly busy and uh, speaking of being busy Kevin you've been away this last week on and you had a fantastic train journey where did you end up going well Mark I had to travel for business this week I don't have to do it very often anymore but I did have to do it this week and I'm not much of a flyer. I don't like to fly. Uh, I haven't been on a plane since I think it was 1986 or 87. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It was, it was before you were born was the last time I was on a plane. <laughs> Come on, I was born in 79. I'm not that young. <laughs> I'm getting old. I'm, I am getting old. <laughs> hey, sometimes I set you up with a softball. You get to, I pitch them out there. It's up to you whether or not you want to smack them out of the park. <laughs> um but I decided, but uh, to go down, I had a choice. I was going to Orlando, Florida, which is roughly 1,200 miles, give or take. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head from where I live in Virginia to uh, Orlando, Florida. And I came down to two choices. It was one, did I want to drive down there, which I've driven a lot of places and driving doesn't bother me in the least. Um, mm-hmm. It's all interstate, so it would be pretty much get to the interstate, and I crank it wide open and go. Or I could take the train. Uh, Amtrak service here in the United States is the only passenger service available. So I opted to take the train. Now, this is not the first time I've ridden Amtrak, but this was the longest journey I've ever taken on Amtrak. I mean, I've ridden steam trains and stuff. There's plenty of the, uh, I guess, novelty tourist steam trains that you can ride you know, all over uh, this country, and I know you have some of them down there as well. Yes, indeed. And I had done that, and I had taken Amtrak, well, it's been several years ago, maybe, I can't even remember now, uh, from Washington, D.C. up to New York City. And it's about a four, four and a half hour train ride. Uh, mm-hmm. Keeps you out of all the god-awful traffic going up and down the East Coast. Um, and, but, you know, that, that's the best thing about train travel, and I'm, I'm sure some listeners would even say that about air travel, is just not needing to sit in traffic and, and watch idiot drivers <laughs> <laughs> around you all the time. So so I opted this. I looked it up. It's a uh, 19, between 19 and 20-hour train ride. Um, it <laughs> varies a little bit going, depending on which way you go and what time of day you go. Uh, but it was out of Washington, D.C., out of Union Station, into Orlando Station in Florida, um, which was, uh, there was a dramatic difference mm-hmm. in those two stations, and I'll talk a little bit about that. The D.C. station, Union Station, of course, it's in, our, it's in the United States Capitol, so, or not the Capitol building, but in the Capitol City, and 
when I checked in, and I had sleeper accommodations both ways, um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute as well. The when you have sleeper accommodations, you're considered a first class passenger. So they have first class waiting in the DC station, and what they did is they take you back uh, through these big oak double doors, and they have the most amazing lounge area with chairs, televisions, free Wi-Fi, which all of us geeks like to have. Absolutely, free sodas and snacks while you wait for Ooh, your train. Free snacks and sodas, man. Yeah. We don't have that out here. They make us pay for it. <laughs> Well, now that, you know, this is all, and it's very comfortable, you know, padded furniture, couches, and easy chairs that you can sit in. You know, lovely, uh, uh, just an absolutely lovely experience. And then when your train comes, they have what they call an usher who meets mm-hmm. everybody that's in first class and escorts them out almost all the way to the train. They get you to where you take the escalator down to the platform to actually board the train. So, mm-hmm. it's, so it's very nice and very class service. Even the regular waiting room there at Washington Union Station is not something to sneeze at. Uh, it's noisy because it's a busy place because not only is it a train station, it's a tourist destination full of shops and, and things like that. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a busy, noisy place. Now contrast that with Orlando. The Orlando station I looked up I think was built in the 30s. 1930s? I can't remember. It, it, it was lovely. You sent me a, a picture um, of, of that station, and I took one look at it, and I, I showed Gretel, actually, and uh, we both agreed that, wow, they don't make them like that out here. You know, no. it was just beautiful. It was just really nice out here. It's I don't, uh, I don't want to say it's very generic, but, you know, it's they, they basically build our stations for wear and tear. And, you know, to be used heavily versus to actually look nice. So they're more functional than they are pretty, if you will. Yeah, and uh, we can stick that picture if you want in the show notes so the users can Mm -hmm. see it. There's also several videos and pictures online I found uh, of Orlando Station, what it's going to look like. But it's just one big waiting room. And it was built, I believe it was the 30s. It might even have been the 20s. They've kept it up. It's it's very uh, it's kind of Mediterranean style architecture on the outside, and it's very twenties or thirties style setup inside. It's what you would have expected to see in the heyday of train travel in this country. So it's pretty amazing. But it was you know it was quite a dramatic change from what I was what I had seen in Union Station versus mm-hmm. what I saw down at the Orlando Station. And then I saw stations as we stopped in between the two all over the place, completely dramatically different things from things that looked like uh, just a little small generic building put up with a covered walkway for the people to come out to some other fairly elaborate but older train stations. Um, it, it really, really varied uh, more than I thought it would going back and forth between the two places. Sounds really interesting. Now, let me ask you, it took 19 hours to do the journey each way. If you had driven, how long would it have taken you? You can drive it in probably about, now this is purely the time you spend driving. This doesn't include stops for meals, to sleep, or anything else. I think you Mm -hmm. can drive it in about 14, maybe, I've heard some people say as little as 12 hours. Um, but I would think 14 mm-hmm. to maybe 16 but, hours. But still stressful. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got to deal with, as you say, all the idiots on the road. But who wants the stress, too? You know, that's, yeah. 
Absolutely. You know, driving's nice if you're on the open road and you're in a country area, for instance, and not a major freeway. But, uh, you know, if you're on major thoroughfares, then it's just absolute chaos. And, uh, you know, certainly we wouldn't have been able to do a video chat from the road because we actually hooked up uh, via video. You had your little MiFi unit, your iPhone, and we were doing a video conference. And, and, you know, we were talking about this. And for the listeners, uh, you know, Kevin was on the train, you know, going at a pretty high speed. We're not sure what speed, of course, but, you know, assume uh, 100 kilometres an hour, which, you know, translate that into miles for the US. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would have been, you know, full speed going down, you know, connecting up to all these, you know, different uh, 3G network areas and, and towers and so forth, then streaming the data up to a satellite, then all the way across to Australia, to then Sydney, and uh, then into my home, and I could see him on the computer. It was absolutely incredible. It was just, um, it, it's what Tim Robertson would call magical. It's just <laughs> magical. And, um, you know, I, I keep mentioning that because I was on the, the magical episode of Tech Fan a while back. And um, it just, every time something amazes me like that, I just use Tim's terminology because I, I just completely agree with it. It's so amazing that we can do this. And, you know, it's like, how is this even possible? You know, 10 years ago, we couldn't do this. Today, we can do it. Imagine what we can do in 10 years' time. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. I, I mean, I was somewhere in northern Florida, I think, when we finally got online. Because um, I know as we were talking at one point, I looked out the window, even though it was dark. Uh, and it was uh, Jacksonville, Florida. I was mm-hmm. passing through or near. Because uh, I could see stuff that said Jacksonville all over it, so I assume they don't put it everywhere, but you know anywhere but in Jacksonville. <laughs> but but that was uh, that was, me. and I even managed to give you a quick video tour of the accommodations I had. Oh, you uh, did that? That was lovely. And and you know what? It was so luxurious that I, I actually I think I asked you. Oh, you know, is this a shared cabin? Because it was so big and fancy and nice. And clean, you know. Out here, we'd have graffiti all over it. I don't know what it is with the, with Australian teenagers and and so forth, where they think that they've got to put these stupid, silly tags, which is their version of a signature, on every wall and every train. It's um, you know, if you do it and you listen to this show, stop doing it, please. That's yeah, I know. That's a whole separate topic. I saw so many. Now the Amtrak train, I didn't see any graffiti on it, um, but. We went through freight yards and, you know, past freight trains and stuff like that on the journey. And they, almost every one of them, every single car had it. And my mm-hmm. whole point with graffiti, whether it's on a train or whether it's on a building, if you didn't, if you don't own the property you're putting it on, it's vandalism. And I, people can say it's art Absolutely. all they want. It's vandalism. And I know Tim might take me to task for this. Um <laughs> No, it's definitely vandalism, and certainly out here in Australia, what uh, some of the local governments have done and local councils is they've actually put up walls, which are graffiti walls, and people are actually allowed to go there and actually graffiti on them. And what's amazing is instead of just having some random spray-painted signature or, or tag, as you will, they actually do magnificent pieces of artwork on them and, and make them really, really appealing. So um, certainly from that side of the fence, you know, there is some good in, in graffiti, but, you know, there's definitely vandalism if, uh, you know, it, if it's just done on someone else's property. Well, my whole take on it is, uh, you know, again, on someone else's property, and even if it's 
what people would consider art, and I've already said why I don't consider it art, is that if you're going to put that much time and effort to vandalize somebody's property, maybe you ought to consider putting your time and effort into something good and making a more positive impact on the world instead of destroying somebody else's property. very true. So... Let the mm-hmm. rants and the hate email begin. Send them all our way. You know, we'll, <laughs> we'll deal with it. It's okay. I, uh, but I do feel very strongly about that. But yeah. uh, anyway, we were talking about the accommodations, and you were talking about how nice it was on the, that. I had two separate types of accommodations. On the ride down uh, from Washington to Orlando, I had what Amtrak calls, I rode on their Viewliner service. Now, they have Viewliner and they have Superliner service. Uh, Viewliner is the only thing I think available on the East Coast that I could find. Mm-hmm. So um, I took the Viewliner service. And I had what they call a roomette. And basically what that is, uh, is there are two seats and they face each other, just like you would expect. You have a little compartment, um, and it's a little wider, but the seats, you have the two seats that face each other. Then above them, you have a bunk that you can pull down. You also have a small toilet, a sink, and a mirror, and one electrical outlet. And then you Mm -hmm. have a bunch of different lights around the seats and in the ceiling. And you also have a small luggage storage thing that goes out over the hallway from your room, but it's only accessible from the room that you're in. And what it is is it's made to seat two people or sleep two people. Because the seats that you're sitting in fold down and stretch out into a bunk, uh, a small bed. Uh, and then uh, you've got the bed above it. And the interesting thing, too, is when you go to get in the bed above it, the way you do it is you have the toilet that's there. And it has a solid lid before you actually get to the toilet seat. And we spend a lot of time talking about toilets on this show. Okay, <laughs> we, Never... we do. We, we love them. <laughs> Very useful devices. Anyway. <laughs> Um, and we all need them, and we cannot live without them. That's God, right. You know, we're, we're going to have to have a, a chat just going down a little rat hole, little quick one, uh, of what people used to do centuries ago for toilets and, and what toilets were like and, and uh, how they used to clean up afterwards. I think that would make for an interesting show. <laughs> yeah, that w- that probably would. That would probably really get some uh, stories going. Um, there's an old poem, and I can't remember the exact words. It says... When you wish for days gone by on a dark and cold night, something about when you get up to go to the bathroom, be happy about you've got indoor plumbing or that you don't have to walk out to the outhouse anymore. I can't remember the whole poem. I'll have to look mm-hmm. it up and find it because it's cute. Cause basically let's, saying, let's look it up and then find it for next week and you can tell us it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and the way you do it is you step up on the toilet and then you step on another little shelf and they're very sturdy. And then hop up into the bunk above. So two people could sleep. Uh, They have separate reading lights for the person that's up above. They even have a separate set of windows up there. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can close the door to your little compartment. The compartment's only, I think, three and a half feet or maybe, yeah, it's about three and a half feet wide by six and a half feet long. So it's not a huge Mm -hmm. area. Um, But, you know, it's, it's ingenious the way it's laid out. Also included is this little folding sink. You flip a latch, mm-hmm. the sink comes down. Sink has no drain in it. It has three holes in the back of it. So you do your washing up, and then when you close the sink, it flips it up, and all the water runs out the back of the sink, 
mm-hmm. and down and out. Now the toilet. Now the toilet is an interesting thing. I mean, they have uh, toilets for two toilets or two bathrooms in the car, one at each end or two at one end that everybody can use if you want, and it has uh, a shower and everything there. Um, but what you can do is you close the curtains to your little roomette, and they close up very tight, seal very tight. And then it's your choice if you want to close the curtains on the outside window. I guess it depends on how much of a show-off you are. Um, hmm. And then you just flip up the little toilet, and you're right there, and you use it. And huh. it's very, it, and it flushes like an airplane toilet with just a smidge of water and mostly air pressure, where it just sucks everything away. And it was... It was quite interesting and quite ingenious. Um, that, that's it, rather nifty. Now, I, I've got to ask, when, when you go on to the loon, since we're talking about that topic <laughs> again, do, do you have rocky trains over there? Because I, I know when I take the, uh, the country trains in, in Sydney to go to the outer suburban areas, uh, you know, they've got toilets on board. And, you know, occasionally if you get held up or, you know, you forget to go at the station and so forth, you may need to use the toilet on board. And uh, let's let's just say that the women would not be happy because uh, a lot would end up on the floor. <laughs> so it, is there a lot of rocking around that, you know, then you sort of miss the bowl? Well, it's it's like this. You just get yourself, without getting too graphic, even though we do have the explicit tag, I, I won't get too graphic. You just kind of have to get yourself in sync with the rocking of the train. <laughs> and once you learn how to, you, you have to learn, the best thing you found, and I think the attendant, uh, Donna, uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about her, my attendant going down, she said you kind of stand like duck-footed. And that lets you stabilize. Now, now this is any time you're just standing on the train, period, not just yeah. when you're using the loo or the bathroom. Um, but then you get yourself in sync with the rocking of the train. It's either that or, in a guy's case, you just go woman style and sit down. You got two choices. Because <laughs> if you do, yeah, you're going to... That's probably the cleaner me- method, too. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise it's going to end up... You're going to be right there with it. So, <laughs> I mean, you're a, you're a total distance from the edge of your seat to the front of the toilets, probably two feet. So... Mm-hmm. You know, and then the other person, if there's two people in the compartment or the roomette, they're sitting right beside it. So, oh, definitely. You know what's amazing though is just how compact and how well they actually make and design those compartments now, and to you know be able to have all those features in such a small area, but also make it comfortable for people. Um, It's it's really great engineering when you think about it. Oh, it's amazingly well thought out. Amazingly well thought out. I have to give the the engineers a, a great deal of credit for that. It was it was truly an amazing feat. And this is the first time I've ever done sleeper accommodations too. So, um, I will say this: I will put a link in the show notes. There's a uh, you can go to Amtrak's website and they have a virtual tour of the Viewliner car, so you can see what the layout of the car is over overall. And then if you want to see what a roomette is versus the bedroom, which is what Mark was talking about a little while ago, which is the type of accommodations I had coming back. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But uh, you can go to this virtual tour. It's a daytime versus a nighttime. So you can see what it looks like you know, when you're just set up. And then if you want to see what it looks like at night, how the bunks come down and how the seats turn into a bed and all that, please go have a look at that. It's pretty interesting. It's how I kind of gauged what I wanted to do because I did not want to be one of those poor bastards in coach 
sitting oh, up no. wait, wait, all night sit. long. No. Ugh. I mean, yeah, granted that, it's awful. Yeah, granted it's cheap. I think uh, it was a hundred and twenty-five dollars each way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's pretty cheap for transportation, uh, considering the cost of gas slash petrol um, mm-hmm. nowadays. So it's cheap, but man, just being stuck with that seat and everything else, it's not good. The other no, nice, I, I wouldn't do it. The other nice thing is if you're in the sleeper, it's, like I said, that's considered first class. All your meals are included in the in your fare. Uh, yeah, that's good value, isn't it? Yeah, and the and the meals, the food I had was really, really good. I, I will so have to. It wasn't like bad hospital food or even average airline food because you know I've got to say some of the airlines are pretty good, but um, some of them you know just have pretty shocking meals too. Yeah, so no. the, the standard frozen meal, TV dinner, no. a reheated kind of thing. No, it was going down. I'll uh, wet the listeners' appetite. I had a delicious. Uh, it was like a New York strip steak, cooked to perfection. The knife almost went through it, like it was going through butter. Mm-hmm. Came with that. Came with a salad, rolls, and dessert and a drink. So, did did they have like a, a full kitchen car there with chefs and everything as well? They did, from what I could tell. It's a diner car. But now here's another advantage mm-hmm. to traveling first class. If you're traveling first class, they will bring your meal to you. You do not even have to go to the dining car. Now, I like that. I don't have to socialize. That plays into my antisocial behavior. <laughs> I knew it would. I knew it would be right up your alley. The only thing I'll caution, they've got this little table that folds out that you can set computers or whatever you want on. Um, uh, to any listener that happens to travel, uh, mine's healing up nicely, but... I was playing with the table, trying, and I'm folding it up to put it out of the way. When I just got, and not long after I'd got on the train, and man, that thing caught my finger and took a hunk out of the side of my one finger. So just oh, be I'll... cautious. Use the little handle on the tree. Don't try to. Oh, I can do this without the little handle thing. Yeah, so, read the instructions, which yeah. geeks never do. It's like we know how to do it. That's right. We don't, we don't need the instructions. Who needs instructions? We don't need no stinking like instructions. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's also a classic man thing as well. Hey, Kevin, you know what? I'm getting very, very close to home. Only a couple of minutes to go. So, uh, you know what? We'll take a quick pause here. I'll throw in an ad in the editing so that the listeners, you know, think that it's really, really good. And, um, you know, <laughs> even though they're listening to me ramble on about this now. Uh, but we will continue when I'm back in front of my computer at home. Bit better sound quality. Thank you to everyone who's put up with the, the bad sound quality. And uh, we'll be back in a minute. La 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 la. Hey, Kevin, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just warming up for our big music number. Music number? Yeah. We we don't we don't do music numbers on our podcast. The uh, Mac Specialist Podcast is a tech podcast. We talk about Apple computers and solutions to people's technology problems using Apple computers. And occasionally we talk about Google solutions and we talk about you know using iOS and how to manage iOS devices and how to think IT if you're a small business owner. But we definitely don't do musical numbers. No music? Oh, man. Well, you're not going to cut the dance routine, are you? No, no. You, we, we're definitely going to do the dance routine. 
welcome back. And yes, I sound different. I have a sexy voice, Kevin. <laughs> Much sexier, yeah. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone's going to smack their head against the wall for that comment. But, um, you know, we won the train topic. And just before we finished uh, for the previous ad, I have a, an inkling that you weren't quite done. You still had more to tell. So what, what's what been going on uh, besides your trip that you want to talk about train-wise? I know you mentioned pre-show about discussing uh, steam trains and uh, associated sort of trips you've taken there. Yeah, I've done, uh, I think I said a little bit in the beginning, I've done a lot of the uh, uh, sightseeing slash trains uh We've ridden the Santa train that's up in uh, Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, several times with the kids. It's a great experience. It's not the only one in the country. I know there's, I know of at least two others within a couple hundred miles of where I live here. So it's definitely not, but it's a great experience. It's set, you know, circa 1905. Um, a really enjoyable experience, even no matter what age you are or no matter what age your kids are, I think. If you like trains at all, or like old-timey type of things, it would really be enjoyable for a family to go do. Um, so that, that yeah, that was it. But now, contrast that with, as we were talking about, the accommodations going down. The accommodations I had coming back was what was called a viewliner bedroom, which is what Mark got the, the tour of from me, me sitting on my butt uh, in the train over the MiFi. Um, much bigger room has uh, the seat that folds down in the, the same link I mentioned a few minutes ago give you a virtual day and night view of what these rooms look like. Um, actually had the equivalent of a little bit bigger than like a single or a twin bed uh, for a person to sleep in. Two people mm -hmm. might be a little tight, but I guess you could squeeze in. It actually has a separate chair, and it has a bathroom that is a toilet-shower combination. Wow. It's, That's it's, neat. It's pretty amazing. Now, I'm not a little guy, as any of the listeners have ever seen me might know. So when I stood in that bathroom, my shoulders touched each side mm -hmm. of the bathroom. So taking a shower in there, uh, I rinsed a off a little bit, but taking a full shower would have been just a bit of a chore. Um, <laughs> you, you certainly wouldn't want to drop the soap, would you, Kevin? <laughs> no, because I'd have to get back out to get to the soap. <laughs> so... Um, it's interesting. And what's funny is to get into the shower, you actually have this, like, uh, they call it an armchair, but it's a chair that you flip up the seat, folds it, folds the arms up and it swings out of the way over against the window. Mm -hmm. uh, but in this one, you also have a couple little closets. You have a bigger overhead bunk. You have a sink, uh, with a shaving mirror and a little medicine cabinet and a little countertop. So it's pretty yeah, amazing. Nice. Um, now the only trick is that when the bed's folded out at night, there's probably only about six, maybe eight inches between the edge of the bed and that countertop. So, um, it's, it's a interesting little shuffle if you need to get out the mm. door. So, um, but that's on that virtual tour link that we'll put in the show notes. So that was quite interesting. And I'll have to say on top of that, the personnel with Amtrak could not be nicer. They, from all the way from ticket agents to the ushers, to the attendants that I had, the uh, conductors and everything. They are the nicest people and really go out of their way to make it a good experience for you to travel. Uh, Fantastic. Going, 
Yeah, going down, I had uh, my attendant's name was Donna, who says she's going to listen to the show. So, Donna, I challenge you, if you're listening to the show, you have my email address. Write me back and let me know. Um, it, 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 she was just as nice and as friendly as she could be. Um, and the other interesting thing is I started listening to our friend Allison's show, the live mm-hmm. recording of her show going down. And Donna happened to come by to see how I was doing at night. And uh, she said, what are you doing? And I started explaining to her and explaining to her about the MiFi. And she just thought that was truly amazing. Uh, so when she hears this and hears what we did going back, because she knew about Skype and things like that. And oh, by the way, I did think I talked her into maybe switching over to the Mac. Oh. <laughs> there, there, there we go. Another angel got its wings. That's right. <laughs> um, so Donna was just exceptionally nice, treated me like gold, bought me breakfast the next morning. Uh, coming back, the gentleman's name that attended to, uh, attended uh, was name was Pablo. Couldn't have been nicer. I no sooner sat down on the train in Orlando than he said, "Oh, sir, what can I bring you to eat? Here's the menu. What would you like to eat?" And boom, we weren't ten minutes out of the station, and I had a a beautiful dinner sitting on the tray in front of me, ready to mm-hmm. eat. And it's like, wow. I mean, how can you have better service than that? Absolutely, that's I mean, superb. And they come in to turn your bed down and make it up for you. I know. It, even when we were having the video chat, and and then we went to audio because the video started blocking up a bit. But then they even came in to make up the bed, and it's like, holy cow! I don't think you even get that in some of the the high class hotels. You've got to, <laughs> you know, make your own and and pull it down. And you know that all, all they had to do, I think, to make it any better for you, Kevin, was tuck you in. Uh, I might have been able to get that. I'm not sure I didn't ask. We were still talking, <laughs> so I didn't ask to be tucked in. But I think I could have. But it, was, it wasn't bad. And I, I'll have to admit, I had a hard time sleeping on the train. I generally, I could get it good and dark in the room. But the, the, um, the swaying of the train and, and all that, I mean, I slept. I slept much better coming back than I did going down because I had more room to sprawl out. Because I sleep, I sprawl out. Arms, legs, everywhere. <laughs> sure the listeners wanted to know that um, <laughs> so it was that made it easier to sleep coming back and i slept better um i got when i got home yesterday i wasn't nearly as exhausted as i was when i got to orlando uh, not donna's fault not anybody's fault but my own just not being able <laughs> to sleep so um the accommodations are truly amazing the things you see traveling on the train and the routes they take it, it's just amazing the train actually goes through the heart of a military base here in the United States. And wow. it's pretty amazing that you go right through the middle of a military base. But, you know, it is, I guess, you know, the train tracks were there probably long before, I know they were there probably mm-hmm. long before that base was ever established. Um, and the people and the things that you see, I mean, there were a couple times I actually felt a little guilty because, especially in Florida, where it's much warmer than it is up here, uh, they, you saw homeless people. They were sleeping, you know, outside the fences where they couldn't get to mm-hmm. the tracks. Um, I have to admit, I got a little guilty feeling about that. It's a little unsettling. I mean, I went by them at, you know, 35, 40 miles an hour, but enough that you could see their faces. I mean, they didn't seem to pay any attention to the train at all. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a little disturbing. I mean, to see things yeah. like that. Feel bad that you're riding along in a train eating. I actually. Um, didn't want to eat my meal for a few minutes after I saw that. So, mm. you know, but um, it was the the attendants were absolutely amazing. The food was amazing, going both ways. Um, could they had the best cheesecake? 
two different kinds. One going down that was kind of a had kind of like a dream sickle. Do you know what a dream sickle is? No, I don't. It's uh, I, I'm sure they sell them down there. It's just called something different up here. It's a uh, stick with vanilla ice cream, and then it has like orange sherbet wrapped around the outside of the vanilla ice cream. Oh, yeah, popsicle. You know, and that's yeah. what this cheesecake was like. It like had an orange swirl in the middle of the. Che- oh, it was just absolutely freaking amazing. I love cheesecake, and you know what? I've only had a very small breakfast. And I'm podcasting all day, and I don't know if I'm going to get food, and oh, I want a piece of cheesecake. You should have got a doggy bag. Uh, it's funny, the, the Donna, the attendant going down, uh, she said, now I'm going to bring the cheesecake, but you can't eat it till you finish your meal. Don't. <laughs> Bless her heart. She was the sweetest lady. And so was Pablo, the guy, the, the guy that took care of me coming back. They were just the sweetest and kindest people and would do almost anything under the sun for you. I I just can't say enough good things about it. Um, Sounds like a fantastic journey, that's for sure. It was truly amazing. Whether or not I would do it again, I don't know. Um, I was... It, it was such a hurry trip. I was going to a conference down in Florida, uh, a huge conference. There were between forty and 42,000 people at this conference I attended. Uh, it's an international conference. It's people from all over the world, so it's huge. And it's in Orlando, which is where Disney World is. Um, so I'm sure that attracts even more people. And then Wednesday night for the wrap-up at the conference, you would have liked this, Mark. As a, part of, as a paid attendee to the conference, um, you got to go in and see a special performance by Van Halen. They had a special Oh, really? Yeah. Now, oh. unfortunately, I had to miss that. Oh no! My train, oh. my train left at the time the concert, or about twenty minutes before the concert started. Oh and, no! And I thought you, about you re-booking. lose gate cred for that, Kevin. Well, it was like this: <laughs> I thought about changing my uh, booking so I could go a day later. Mm-hmm. But the increase in cost was like six hundred dollars because Whoa. as you get closer to the weekend, they 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 want to charge more for the trip. And I, sure. you know, it's just like anything else. The airlines charge you more if you travel near the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's and look, you know, Van Halen is definitely worth seeing, but they're not worth an extra six hundred dollars. That's for sure. No, no, it, it wasn't if, worth if that. If it was but... an extra sixty dollars, I'd say do it, but not for six hundred. No, no, um, <laughs> not, not unless you know, those backstage passes could be creepy for a night. Yeah. Well, I had one. It was interesting when I was going to the train station. The guy that was driving the car, I was riding up the train station. And he said, "Well, do you still have your badge?" I said, "Yeah, I still have it somewhere. It's been buried in my luggage." Um, he said, "Oh, he said I would love to have it to go see Van Halen." I said, "If I knew where it was, you know, you could have it. Um, you know, and 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 go because you had to have that on to get in the concert. Um, and it was there was no faking these badges that they had given yeah. us." Uh, lanyard and everything matched, so there wasn't. Somebody had to go to a hell of a lot of trouble to uh, fake that. Mm-hmm. So uh, unfortunately, I didn't give it to the guy. Um, you know, probably on the street corner, I could have sold the thing that night for as much <laughs> as the entire conference cost. Um, but then the next day, it was absolutely worthless. So yeah. got the badges laying upstairs. I've got a neat souvenir. Um, first time I was ever in Florida, and. Um, I mean, I knew Florida is a subtropical climate, uh, probably short of any of the other islands or anything uh, in the Caribbean. 
It's the mm-hmm. most subtropical climate there is in the United States. And we've we've talked before about my affinity for cold weather and your affinity for warm weather. Indeed. And, and then we've referenced sweating in certain places. Yes. <laughs> um, and I believe that you would have been perfectly comfortable in Florida. Um, it was actually, it was. I was thinking this morning as I left home for work, I went outside and I think it was in the... Fahrenheit, it was probably 50s, uh, mm-hmm. mid to upper 50s. So that's what, 10, 12 Celsius? No, it's not. I don't know. If that, I can't remember the conversion now. It's the, Our listeners can figure that one out. The hell with it. My math's not that quick in my head. And I, <laughs> I remember the formula, but I can't do it in my head. Um, so it was it was refreshing to me to walk outside and, ah, you know. And uh, it was funny. I was talking. I had some family in Orlando that I hadn't seen for years, and I got to see my uh, one nephew. And he was going like, oh, God, yeah, it gets so cold here in the winter. It gets down to around 54 degrees. And I went, Jeffrey, <laughs> what is wrong with you? That's just nice. So, um, <laughs> it was quite nice. So I think, Mark, you would have been quite at home in Florida's uh, subtropical climate. And if you moved to Florida, see, then it would be easier for us to get together. Absolutely. You could just catch the train and it would be a worthwhile trip, wouldn't it? It'd be a good justification. <laughs> or we could meet halfway in the middle where it's still warm, but not too warm for me. <laughs> Maybe in South Carolina someplace. <laughs> you know, I, I just want to live in a place where it just remains a nice constant temperature all year round. You know, where the air, the, the breeze is nice and cool on the skin but the sun is nice and warm, just the, the absolute perfect temperature. Unfortunately, we have about five of that a year, five days of that a year, and then the rest of it is either too cold or too hot. <laughs> I, very rarely does it get too cold for me, but um, too hot, it does that more more times than I want. So as I said, I, I don't like sweating from places I'm not supposed to be sweating. <laughs> it's very... Indignant, uh, undignified, I guess is the appropriate word, and um, uh, I, I just don't enjoy it. I did, yeah. Sweat shouldn't <laughs> drip from certain places. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to go any further. And, and speaking, speaking of being undignified, uh, actually, the the man who shall not be named uh, <laughs> sent me a Twitter message, and he agreed with me for once. So oh, this Lord. is good. This is good feedback. He agreed with me that it is inappropriate for women to be sniffing another guy's ass. <laughs> now, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to last week's episode where we were talking about uh, total blackout. So, yes. uh, yay, I won. I got one person agreeing with me. So uh, let, let's see. Who's going to agree with Kevin? Listeners, uh, if you agree with Kevin, send us a message and uh, you know we'll see who wins. So who gets to say <laughs> 10 first? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Wait a minute, don't we need 10 listeners? Oh, uh, okay. Um, maybe, maybe five? I, yeah. I don't know, do we even have five? Let's hope I don't know, I hope, I hope all my Not Another Mac podcast listeners are actually coming across to listen to Geekier's show. I don't know, maybe it's too much of me and they just don't want any more of me, Kevin. Maybe you should kick me to the gutter and, uh, and get yourself a new co-host. How could there ever be too much of you, Mark? Oh, jeez. Ask my family. I'm sure they'd say there is already. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's what mine would say the same thing, so I'm not, I'm not about to pose that question to them. <laughs> I'm not about to. Now, that brings up an interesting point. I, that's kind of the wrap-up to the train stuff. Um, and like I said, there's plenty of ways to ride the trains. I really encourage people to take advantage of the experience, either on Amtrak, 
uh, go see one of these passenger services like I was talking about for the Santa train or the one I talked about up in Pennsylvania. Actually, they run uh, different theme trains all year long, open air trains, uh, closed carriage, um, anything you want. They have theme trains for Halloween. They have wine and cheese. They have dinner trains. This goes right through the heart of Amish country. Um, I'll try to remember, and I'll give you the link to put in the show notes. It's called the Stroudsburg Railroad. Absolutely. They even have one of yours and my favorite. And yes, people, it is one of both of our favorite. They have Thomas the Tank Engine comes there twice a year and runs mm-hmm. the route. Matter of fact, I believe his the Thomas the Tank Engine that comes there or that travels around the United States, or at least the eastern half of the United States, I believe his carriages are built there at that at their rail yard and maintained. Mm-hmm. So if he needs new ones, they come there to get them. So it's mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing. Draws a huge crowd too. That's why I haven't made it up there for that experience yet. Yeah, definitely. They um, even out here, it's just a massive event when they have them. They do a couple of of uh, runs a year, and um, yeah, it's just literally a mass amount of people and a mass amount of kids. I, I often reference Sheldon's, um, <laughs> you know, fear of being crushed by 70 or more kids. I think it was 70 kids. Yeah, I, I know. Which, I remember Se- that. 70, 70 kids, 35 adults, I think it was, and, and anything more than that, he won't go near a crowd. <laughs> um, and I, I agree with that. And, and you just look at it and it's like, whoa. But when I, when I go and do stuff like that with the kids, I get there super early so that we can leave super early. Um, yeah, we do so the same by, thing. by the time, you know, around lunchtime, you notice it gets really, really busy. So that's when we say, all right, well, you know, we've had fun for a few hours. You know, let's head home. And that's when everyone sort of comes up and it just becomes, you know, just real, real busy. Um, yeah. So, uh, no, they're, they're good times, and uh, certainly I have to do a few more and uh, report back on them too. Yeah, yeah, but I encourage you. But now I have a question to post out to our listeners. Um, I've described my experience on passenger rail service here in the United States. Um, I'd like to know, and I know that you and I talked a little bit pre-show, what is the passenger rail service like? I hear lots of good things about passenger rail service in Europe. I know you can take a train almost anywhere. You cannot do that in the United States. Matter of fact, passenger service only serves 46 out of 50 states. Will disqualify Hawaii partially because it's not even connected to the continental United States. Uh But a couple of the northern tier states, I think Wyoming doesn't have any passenger rail service. And I believe one of the Dakotas, I believe North Dakota doesn't have passenger rail service. I could be wrong. Um... So it's kind of sad. And even some of the bigger cities in the United States, uh, like Las Vegas, nope, mm-hmm. doesn't go anywhere wow. near there. Because um, I looked at and, that. And, and that's that's really, from, from an Australian point of view, Las Vegas is one of the areas to go and see when you're in the U.S. It's a tourist destination. And you would yep. think to make it easier for tourists that, you know, you'd be able to get a train out there and, and then, you know, sort of get around. So that's rather interesting. Yeah, it's all about the flying. But I'd like to know from the listeners how, you know, what you think about the passenger rail service, um, whether it's for commuter rail or, which we have some of that here on the East Coast, fortunately, uh, which is nice, especially around D.C., um, but then also versus the regular travel. If you were going three, 400 miles away from home, 
you know, drive versus taking the train and what's the, what's the experience like? I do know that, um, when I got on the train in Orlando, it was, I, there were only two people, myself and one other gentleman that got in the sleeper car, uh, the two sleeper cars on the train. Everybody else went back and got in coach. Well, I don't know how far they were going at that point in time, but I'll tell you this, when I got off the train yesterday afternoon in DC, at least eight, maybe 10 of those people I saw get in Orlando got out of that coach car uh, there in D.C. And I think mm-hmm. some of them were going, there were a few of them that were even going on further because that train, I think, went all the way to New York City where it, it ended before it turned and went back to Miami. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, my Lord, sitting in one of those seats all night long, plus you have to mm-hmm. pay for your meals when you sit in coach. They are yeah. not included like they are in uh, first class or sleeper accommodations. But, and they're so, probably quite pricey, too. Uh, yeah, the prices were on the menu that I looked from. Again, I could order anything I wanted, um, and it was all included in my train fare. So I feel sorry for those people. But, yeah, it, it was truly amazing. But I would like to know from our listeners, the Europeans, and we have you for the Australian perspective, um, you know, what's it like in a passenger rail service where you live at? Love to hear your opinions. You know, send us a written response, or better yet, record a response and we'd be happy to play it on the show to let people hear Absolutely. what the difference is so that and kinda... you can uh send that to gse at mymac.com and uh and we'll get that yeah so that kind of covers my experience in my week it's been a hectic week i've covered a lot of miles on the ground i know people cover a lot more miles in the air on in on a lot of mm-hmm. weeks um, but i've covered a lot of miles on the ground it's friday night um, I'm relaxing at home. I'm glad to be home with my family. I really missed my family. Um, kind of heartwarming when you come in and they all run up and give you a hug and say, Oh, <laughs> how much we missed you. So almost made that part of it worth it. Uh, yep. then I, I'd gotten them t-shirts at Disney, uh, which was nice, but geez, that Disney word costs a lot of money on a t-shirt. <laughs> so, uh, don't, don't worry. We've got similar out here and they cost a fortune and you just look at it and you think, hold on a sec. And then, then you look at the tag and you think, okay, this is made in China. And you know some poor little Chinaman was sitting there, you know, for five cents a day making a hundred of these things, you know, and yet they're charging, you know, 30, 40, 50, even up to $60, uh, depending what pattern you wanted on the shirt. And it's yeah. like, oh, you know, and then the problem with kids too is they grow out of it so quickly. Uh, so that doesn't help. But uh, no, it's always always good to bring a, a souvenir home. My kids have the the thing now that when anyone in the family travels, when they come home, they now get gifts, um, and they expect it. So you know, it works in in a negative way as well because it's like, oh, you know, grandma's coming home this week, oh, and she's going to bring us presents. It's like, yeah, you're not worried that you know grandma's coming home and you've missed it you're just worried about you know did she get your presents you yeah. want so <laughs> yeah i don't think my kids were expecting it but i thought it'd be a nice surprise um they've been wanting to go to disney world but we haven't had the opportunity they don't like to ride so mm-hmm. but i'm also afraid to put them in the train car like that where you can get kind of those two bedrooms like i had together and and put all of us in there but i think that would just be recipe for disaster i think they'd end up wanting to kill each other about two hours out of the train station i i, I think you'd probably want to kill them too you know a good way to test it is go into the smallest room in the house put you all together for like three hours and 
just talk and work on portable devices, uh, you know, like an iPad or something, and and see how they get along. And yeah. uh, and then and then you'll know how well it'll go. I know how well it works in the biggest room in the house after fifteen <laughs> minutes. So no, I got. I love my family. I re- I dearly love my entire family. But oh my lord, that just yeah, that wouldn't work. That's something interesting. I did not, you know, I had loaded up my iPad. I loaded up my phone and everything with video to watch. Mm-hmm. But when I tried to do that and I tried to type and do some other things, that's the gentle swaying of the train made the gentle dinner in my stomach want to gently ease back up and out. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, this isn't going to work. <laughs> so, oh, that's I, funny. yeah, I I didn't watch it I had because I had loaded my iPad up with video podcasts I wanted to catch up on and and everything like that. It's like, oh, I'm feeling queasy, and uh, <laughs> I had a couple documents I need to work on. And I said, oh no, that's not going to end well. <laughs> so I said, no, absolutely not. I didn't want the poor attendants to have to clean up too much of the train <laughs> after I got done. So, but anyway, that's uh, that's that's enough. I'll, I'll let that go with. Uh, it was an interesting journey. Whether I'll do it again or not, I don't know. If it was purely based on the people, Donna and Pablo, that I dealt mostly with, it would. I would. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, but being the, the restriction of not having the freedom, which I'm used to when I drive places, that was a little disconcerting. I either had to grab a cab or a shuttle bus to mm-hmm. go to and from things. And... While that's fine, I don't know if that's really my thing. So mm-hmm. I think with the next time I go to this conference, because it's an annual conference, um, I think I may drive myself down to it. So, Either that'll pick up a rental car when you get down there, maybe if they're affordable enough. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, in the Orlando station, they had, was it Hertz? Or Aethis? Yeah, it was Hertz because I, I, I know it's Hertz. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, you saw, I the, saw the picture. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, they had a rental desk there, so you could rent a car. I was really surprised, but I checked for mm-hmm. the little bit of time I was going to be there. They wanted a hundred and fifty or a hundred and sixty U.S. dollars to rent a, a car, the wow. cheapest thing they had. And I went, "Holy crap!" So, yeah. and the, the stupid thing is, most of that is in insurances. Well, no, that uh, didn't include that. Oh, it didn't include insurance. No, it didn't wow. include insurance. So out, out, out here, that would include the insurance plus the car rental. No, that was all optional. Wow, Jane, so that's crossing. Yeah, it <laughs> well, it's Orlando. It's it's becoming the peak of tourist season. It's, you know, it's, you know, I I should have expected it, but I thought, well, I'll ask anyway. And I said, mm-hmm. holy crap, no way. So, <laughs> I, yeah, and then yeah, you'd probably have to park somewhere, and you'd probably have to pay for the parking. And yeah, parking at the hotel was like twelve bucks a day. So yeah, I don't think <laughs> I'd want to do that. And plus, I didn't know my way around down there. Mm-hmm. So God knows how much crap and fuel I'd have burned up trying to figure out where to go and where to park. So, uh, yeah. You know, it certainly sounds like a, a fantastic time that you had. And, you know, if it was me, I'd take rail anytime. Although I like flying as well. I put driving as the absolute last. If I can avoid driving, I do. And I used to love driving, but I don't know. Every single time I seem to go out on the road, I, I seem to come across just more and more idiots. And, uh, you know, there's no shortage of them, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I don't know where they come from. Though. When I'm out on the road, they all sort of come. You know, and it's like, okay, where do you guys sleep at night? You know, who knows who? You know, do I know you? Are you somehow related? You know, are you friends of someone I know? Because you're a bloody idiot. 
<laughs> so uh, personality. Yeah, <laughs> 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 oh yes. Well, I have, um, I have a question for you, real quick, and then we can move on. If you tend to drive, if you go on long road trips, do you drive most of the way, or does uh, your wife drive most of the way? We share. You do okay. See, now I do almost. You know, I can't remember the last time my wife drove on a long road trip. I mean, it's not that she wouldn't or wouldn't offer. Oh, yeah, I do remember um, a few years ago when I got sick on a road trip, she did drive. Uh, I had kidney stones, as a matter of fact. We've talked about mm-hmm. that a few times, yours and my experience. Uh, she drove a little bit, but I do most of the driving. I feel more comfortable being the driver. Yeah, I must admit I prefer being in control because I'm a control freak, <laughs> um, which, you know, would... would you wouldn't know, of course. Uh, but, you know, you'd think that then I wouldn't want to fly or I wouldn't want to go on a train or anything. Um, you know, you sort of have that little bit of anxiety on an aircraft, and I think everyone has it unless they're frequent flyers, then it's just so normal it doesn't matter. Uh, but as soon as we take off, I'm fine. So as soon as we start, the engines start roaring, we're on the runway and we're actually going, then, you know, all those butterflies just settle. Don't worry me in the least. But... You know, I'm looking at the time, getting on the plane on time, going through security. It's like, please don't ask me to bend over. Um, <laughs> you know. Ooh, mental image, mental image. <laughs> Kilt. You know, uh, that that would definitely be the dark side of the moon. Uh, right there. <laughs> oh, good Lord, we did it again. <laughs> and that's going to be the name of this show, The Dark Side of the Moon, unless we, unless we can think of a better one. Um, but, yeah, you know, once I'm in the air, I'm absolutely fine. I have absolutely no worries. Oh, you know what? I didn't tell you about what an uncle of mine who travels a lot told me to do. Actually, I think I told you, but it was when we were having that video chat. Now, he flies a lot. He's in his retirement years, so he's been around the world several times over the past several years. He just loves it. He just lives for it. And um, what he does is he books the very last row of, of seats, and he books the aisle seat. So you know when you can, you can like 24 hours before, you can actually go and say, I want to sit in this seat, in this seat, and, you know, it's funny because you see everyone booking for the emergency exits. <laughs> you know, they're all as, as close to that as possible. And it's like, seriously, guys, if the plane goes down, eh, there ain't a lot of hope. Um, but anyway, what he did was he said, you know, book the last seat and then book on the, the right-hand side uh, the old seat. And he said, trust me, you'll have a great flight. It, it's really enjoyable. Now, I was coming back from Queensland back to New South Wales, so, you know, uh, cross states um, in Australia last year and he told me this so I booked the seat that he told me and anyway I had Gretel and the kids on the other side and, and the plane that we were on was three seats on each side of the arm and um, anyway I didn't know this but the hostesses actually in the upper bag compartment above where I was sitting in the old seat have their bags and everything they need to access so here you've got Really good-looking hostesses standing up on the armrest, getting really close, rubbing against my arm, and leaning up to get their stuff. And I'm looking up, and I'm looking up to heaven, I tell you, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm blushing. I'm going bright red, and and Gretel's trying to look around, and I'm 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 sitting there, you know, little heads wobbling with a big smile on my face, you know, making sure I make the most of it just to uh, to tease her and and get her going. So, uh, listeners, if you fly, book the very last seat and the one on the aisle. 
and uh, you will get special treatment. <laughs> or a special view, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But of course, you touch, they'll kick you off the flight. So, uh, but, yeah, that you know, first step's a bitch. But I've got to say, the, uh, the aroma is uh, very appealing. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. So, uh, you know what? This has been our transport episode this week, Kevin. We've just been talking about trains and transportation. And unfortunately, we're going to have to cut it to a close and uh, and say sayonara to everyone for another week. Because in about five minutes' time, you and me have to go and record Not Another Mac podcast. That's true. So uh, we want to thank our listeners. I hope they enjoyed my ramblings about the train trip. And uh, let us know what you think. Absolutely. So, Kevin, where can the listeners find you between now and next week? They can find me on Twitter, where I spend a lot of time, although this past week I haven't because of my travels. Uh, Twitter.com slash B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. Or go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder, and that's with two L's. And you can see the links to the other things I do. Fantastic. And everything relating to me, just go across to everydaymaxsupport.com and the link to everything's there. And uh, to send any feedback for the show or to send your own personal opinions in audio or um, or just text format of, of what you'd like to travel and how you like to travel, simply uh, send us an email at gse at mymac.com. Well, thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the show and listened this week. Until next week, take care. And don't forget, between now and next week, to hug a geek. Hi, Timothy Gregoire here from the Church Tech Geeks podcast. Well, I'm about to run a sound check here at the church for a concert, but I want to take a quick moment to tell you about the Church Tech Geeks podcast. It's a weekly show that talks about all things live production and church technology. We talk about topics from live sound, lights, and media to building websites for your organization. Join me each week as I walk you through some useful skills or while I talk to special guests from Adam Christensen to Nate Rake in a media shout. Now, if you excuse me, I have a concert run. The Church Tech Geeks is a member of the Stoplight Network. It can be found in iTunes or at thechurchtechgeeks.com or in the Attack of the Stoplight Network feed.